We are the Why Not Podcast. Please stay with me there now. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. This is what happens when you doom. take Eastern Cape boys and you put them in fucking. Please tell me you got the Tiba Touch Hunt. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> what you mean, nigga? Of course I got the Tiba Touch Hunt. Tiba Touch is the reason why, like, I actually, now that I think about it, the first time that I listened to radio and I thought, wow, this shit would be dope to do, was it Rhyme and Reason, bruh? Like, really? yeah, bro. Like everything about it, Ramen Reason sounded just like grimy. Like, or at least when I tuned into it, Ramen Reason. Chipper Touch sounded grimy. Nigga, Ramen Reason specifically, when the nigga had the anvils there, Pro Kid was there, and it was just like. So the people that came to the show were grimy. That's what I'm saying. Chipper Touch was never grimy. I didn't know about the fucking. I didn't know about most uh, of these artists Chibotouch before. Chipper Touch was fresh out of the US. He had an excessively US sounding mm. accent. He was never crying. Yeah. Anyways. And at that time, US accent was the equivalent of models. Actually, was the epitome of model seniors. Yeah. So, yeah. Touch was never crying. It's crazy because, like, nowadays, I don't think it serves anyone to be that. What? Like, to come back from the state and be, you know, sounding like that. Well, that's because the narrative has changed. There's... The Afrocentric... Um, Got the apple, don't okay. kick there's, the stand, it just makes noise. There's the Afrocentric uh, banner that's that's quite big of lately. Mm. So people, the lens is now looking at Africa, so it's kind of pointless for you to go yeah. to where the lens is not focused. Yeah, bro, it. like these, uh, what do you call these kids that were born in, these exile kids... You yeah, can't come back with that foreign yeah, intro, yeah, yeah. Uh, accent no more, bruh. I um, mean, you can, but if you do, you're not going to get the props that you would have 10 years ago. It's weird because they didn't get much props within any other circle outside of hip-hop. Yeah. So I can imagine... Actually, I don't have to imagine. Remember how you used to feel about your cousins, Olento, SS, Nopales? Yeah. Like they were almost like something either than human beings because they spoke. I used English. to feel like that. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nah, I remember. I yeah. didn't feel like that. I just thought, I just felt like. But there very... was something else. They, they were not necessarily human like you were human. Like you no, were, they were, you just, were, they were city. They weren't, they weren't rural like I was rural. I think that's for me, in my mind, it always made sense that the only, the two things was that it's family, they live next door, but I don't know them personally because they're never around. And two, when they are around, it's hard to build a bond simply because like we've got different perspectives, you speak a different language than I do predominantly. So it just becomes weird. And like what you're used to, like you're living in the city. So, so that thought process yeah. is what they had to go through. Yeah. Coming into South Africa all the time. Yeah. So, As like exile kids. 
no one knew or understood what exile kids were. Be. Yeah. Do you I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think people. I don't people. I don't think. I think people thought. Exile kids stayed babies and they didn't grow up well, and become personality and members of society in that sense. In the same way that like, you know, when people talk about like uh, people who've been adopted, yeah. they always talk about adopted kids and stuff. They never really talk about like the grown adult <laughs> who's working, whose background is adopted. that of an adopted kid. Yeah, it's it's almost from 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 our perspective, it's like how regardless of Tumagale's lived experience, right? Uh-huh. Whenever it goes back to Pizana, there's an expectation that Uzo like, mm. like, where is he learning this life skill in his 20s? At home, <laughs> motherfucker. What you mean? <laughs> That's why you're supposed to go home so that yeah. the day you do come home and your chores are now, now due to you, now you take, know how to get to it. Yeah, and then take that into the expectation of someone who has had to live in another country mm. because of circumstances beyond them. Mm. And then you have to come back here and you're expected to speak all the six languages that, especially if you came back to Johannesburg because of the multilingual nature of this thing. Mm. So not only are you allowed, expected to grasp the societal energy or, or tone, but you also need to figure out all these languages. You also need to figure out social hierarchies. You also need to figure out um, safety cues because also say look she like, and like norms yeah 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 um, it's a strange thing I think maybe we might try to do this 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 these sessions more often it's the motherfucking why not podcast nigga um this is uh, a session that is yet to be named uh my name is Mkuseli Bandezi and I'm chilling with the homie big brother here Oluti Bandezi yes 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 uh our topic today is not uh, exile babies. Our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely not exile babies. Nothing wrong with the topic. It's just not today's topic. Today's topic is um around like like an individual's definition of manhood. The the conversation emanates from a, a sequence of Facebook posts. I don't know if you call it a thread on Facebook or is that just a word reserved for Twitter. From a good friend of mine, Umal Zole, you know, hailing for the from the 053rd KBY, Kimberly, representing. Um, I don't know if I should read all of these pieces, so I'll just read it anyways. So he says, uh, the first post says, real talk, coming up I was raised by 90% women, the rest was done by my peers, full stop. Like zero males besides the homies. The second post says, as a result, my conceptions of manhood have landed me in some pretty hot water over the years. Third post, and as an example, growing up, all men were perceived threats. I couldn't even play sport till high school because all, all the coaches were male. So my ability to interact with older males who could have maybe stood in the gap was drastically impaired, making it hard to learn. But as life has continued, the most disturbing effect has been my inability to come to terms with me. Because if all men are bad and I'm a man, then what am I? Um, that was the end of the post. A bit of context. Uh, Mali has got a bit of an estranged relationship with his pops. Wasn't raised by his pops. Wasn't raised around his pops. Was aware of his dad. Uh, met his dad. You know, it's not estranged in the sense that you don't know who the man is, but more so in the sense that like the man hasn't been around you long enough for you to like 
learn defining or self-defining lessons from him, perhaps. Malizi will clarify this. So I called my big brother and I was like, bro, tell me, um, what is your definition of manhood? Where does it come from? Uh, and split your answer of where it comes from to what the men in your life have taught you about what man, manhood is. So there is Isigo that is related that also comes into those definitions. And then this, the last part of it is like, to what extent have the women in your life, you know, set off or contributed or added to the learnings of, you know, how to define manhood for yourself? You know, have they taught you things that are contradictory to what you thought, you know, manhood was, you know, have they reinforced similar ideas that the men in your life have taught you about what manhood has been and also speak to things that weren't really lessons taught specifically, like through conversations or whatever, but learned through observation. Um, so... Of things yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to like, that's really that's the, the, the full set of the conversation. Um, so we're just going to go through it. The first one is like, what's your definition of manhood? Or what a man yeah, is. So, so I think one of the most interesting encounters with defining manhood I've ever heard was really through the whole initiation thing. Mm. And I feel if people take time to listen to the narratives, or at least the conversation, I should stop saying narratives. Uh, being a marketer is horrible. Yeah. Motherfucker, uh, I think he's <laughs> pitching. Nigga, you ain't pitching. It's a podcast, nigga. Use words uh, that because, I don't yeah. have to interpret. I just need to understand. So so, so the, 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 the storyline, at least the conversation about... Um, yourself as an individual and then yourself as a man. I think initiation really um, best explained it to me. Mm. That a man is really whatever you decide is. Mm. As long as you are willing to... Stand for it. Stand for it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and funny enough, that definition bleeds into a lot of collective cultures, at least collective um, ideologies, whether it's gang culture, whether it's church, whether it's uh, Amabini, whether it's rap groups, whether it's mm. anything with a group of men. Mm. There's the law, but the law is always... What's the legal word when things cancel each other out? It's it's always cancelled out by um, the Folded. notion of alpha male or of, like, mm. if you decide to be alpha male, you can break all laws because you can stand for it, right? Mm. So, so, so as a stand, as a starting point, I think it, for me, it's all it's always been very clear that a man is whatever you decide. So, what was the phrase? Showcase. Mm. So it's whatever you decide, as long, oh, and as whatever long you as decide, you as long as you're willing to take the of, consequences of that that's decision. It. So it's not really a one thing that everybody no, yeah, signs no, onto. So, so, so the other thing about culture is that 
culture has never been a stagnant thing. At least mm. traditions, the, the 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 guiding tools of it may seem stagnant, but it's never been stagnant. Mm. Um, so I think it's the it therefore became important when when people were building the framework of it to 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 keep that in mind. And the concept of there will be consequences for everything you do. Uh. So if you are too timid, mm. there's consequences for being timid. Mm. If you are too trusting, there's consequences for being too trusting. Mm. If you are too confrontational, there's consequences of that. Mm. Good and bad for all these instances, right? Mm. Uh, and it's really just the decisions you make, you're making as... As a man, but you have to be conscious that you are making them. Once you start making your own decision, mm. I think really the the journey of manhood because. begins. Mm. Uh, and and that's why sometimes, you know, fourteen year olds start they they don't make those decisions completely on their own, but they make the decisions completely on their, on their own, but they're not completely autonomous at that age. Mm. I think when parents really starting, start letting go, it's around the age of 16, 17, 18. Mm. And that's generally... And also it's quite important at that stage because you can get arrested. So you can feel the full rate of society mm. at that stage and point. If we are by as a 10, 12-year-old, you might get an ass whooping, but most people are going to try defend you. But if you do that shit, even Benefit if it's for your first doubt. time, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're 17, 18, you are, you are seen as a problematic, yeah, yeah, you're seen as a problematic person. So the, the, the consequences might be a bit more extreme and 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 in full effect. Mm. And I've seen this happen to a few people quite a number of times where um, something that's minuscule, at least feels minuscule. I remember La Chepiaka Gazaentin and Stowe, Stuff like weird stuff in my Guama code. Yeah. Uh, he took um, he took those mattresses that you generally have him to be in. Uh, he stole a couple of those. He stole a bucket Wait, that the has thin mattresses. Is the thin mattresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah. stole a couple of those. He stole a twenty liter bucket with shoes. He stole like weird, minuscule shit. It's all shit like that that didn't seem like I was trying to do you wrong, but I just needed this more than you do. No, he, he just saw an opportunity to do it and he did it. Because oh, okay. it's like he was a compulsive, he's just mischievous. Oh, if, in kleptomaniac. Fact, because, yeah, because, is that, is that a word? Kleptomaniac, yeah. Uh, if you just like steal for the sake of stealing. Yeah, yeah I know him. Like, yeah. he, that's, that's what he does. He's always doing dumb shit. Mm. Like that homie apparently once... Stole. <laughs> the funniest thing. He stole a whole bed, like with the base and, and the ran bed, away with the that base, shit. the pillows, the the bed, the, the mattress, and the base. No twenty one hundred twenty liters. Twenty liters had something in it in heavy, and people just couldn't understand how the fuck he ran away with that shit. What you mean you <laughs> so, ran? Did motherfucker see him with this shit and say, "Viva"? And nobody could catch him. He was on his own, but no one understands how he got away with that thing. Mm, mm, but anyway, mm. so going back to, he stole minuscule things, B. And then he got locked up, B. Mm. And now you're doing serious jail time for, mm. well, firstly, things that were recovered. Two, 
um, stealing stuff that wasn't necessarily being used, mm. but the principle of doing it was really what you're getting punished for. And the full red is really indicative that you've now crossed the border of being given a benefit of that. So from from a defining, or at least the definition of a man, I think that's really where I draw my understanding quite mm. mostly from. So let's, let's, let's get a, a bit more context to the initiation thing. So I was, what was I, 16? Maybe younger than that. I'm also bit about that shit because... You mad? Yeah, I'm mad about that I was that supposed shit. to do it on my own. Is that why you mad? Nah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. it's also it's also, it's also the, the 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 conversation of um, people value things differently. Mm. Um, that whole thing meant more to me than it meant to my older brothers who'd been through it, to my father who'd been through it. You know, it it to that opagatu. I don't think he was going through it, but anyway, mm. yeah, it meant it. It meant more to me than it did to them, so the whole thing just felt weird for me. But mm-hmm. that's that's another conversation for another day. So, so contextually, you know, uh, uh, can I just ask a question that on that specifically? I was saying I was young when I went there, so I don't remember the days in the sense like I don't remember like like the lesson plan. All I remember is just like all the shitty shit that happened, right? All the, to use more 2019 terms, all the traumatic shit that happened there, <laughs> right? So my memory of that experience is limited to just like all the fucked up shit that was, or at least all the things that like didn't land well for me, right? Yeah. And very few, if any at all, of like the positive takeaways from that experience. So it's, I'm it's, trying to figure it's out... Fair. It's fair because... Well, like you said, you were young, you know. Yeah, but um, and I only did also, it with you, motherfuckers, because I was like, five years before I before we did it, it was more entrenched into the community culture. But by the time we went in, I was no longer living in Makaya. I felt very far removed from the whole experience, and I just didn't feel comfortable doing it on my own. I was like, "Fuck that shit! I want to do this shit with like." people that I'm very familiar and comfortable with, specifically my yeah, brothers, so, so, instead of on my own. Yeah, it's quite important that one of the reasons why it it, it, it is structured like that mm. is really a system of self-policing. Such an interesting thing. So within the context of us having been initiated at the same time, I have authority to call you to order. Mm. Uh, and I also have the authority of calling a meeting. It's almost like a, an intervention of some mm. sort. <clears throat> so it, if you are looking at it from an idealist perspective, it really, it really has such an important place societally. And actually because I've interacted with it much more and for much longer, I've seen it stem out unnecessary tensions, Mm. Uh, even though I've also seen it create bad blood. Push beefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also also the, the idea of someone who, 
So here's the thing. Close Makaya, it's, it's such a strange thing. You could be being an event of some sort. I'm trying to be conscious that not everyone who's listening to this speaks English. Uh, I mean, close. Um, you could be at an event of some traditional event of some sort. And because it's out in the rurals, like, it's one of the things I told you about, Joe. Like, no one there looks like what they are, right? Mm. Like, if someone is a criminal, if someone carries a jail prison number or something like that, Mm. They don't behave that manner, at least not during the day out in the rurals. Mm. There, they're just normal people. They're out there. In fact, they are the most resourceful in the sense of if you and you need hands to mm. slaughter mm. animals or you need things done, they're generally the most resourceful and almost normal people. Mm. But when you all... And a friend of mine, Luvo, from time to time, we take a step back and we just look at people. And when we're having conversations, you'd be astounded about the vile things these normal-looking people do, mm. right? But one of the reasons why they are in such an orderly fashion in that context is the fact that Bano Saluga in that space, mm. who use the system mm. of having been equal initiates to call them to order. Mm. So... Um, at least call them to order within the community's perspective. Mm. Uh, so if you are a problematic individual, we'll deal with you. In fact, you know not to come into these spaces because you're be outnumbered, one. Yeah. Uh, two, because people are going to be intoxicated, Valley, But the chances of you being confronted about your mannerism mm. elsewhere are much greater. Mm. Um, does that apply to things that did, that didn't happen here right now I've never um, seen a situation where you are reprimanded for something unless big so, 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 so I think the, 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 the it's losing its power and its influence and I see it with the kids that are getting initiated now they they do it because it's the hype in high school and like a year or two later they really let go, grow out of that shit. Mm. Um, before, yeah. Mm. Before, definitely. Like, the older generation could step in and say, listen, Did making he... us look as bad. Yeah. Um, now, it's a matter of... I've seen instances where people call each other to order with stuff that they do at school. Mm. Like, you know, if you're problematic, like, just generally, just unnecessarily disrespectful will find a way to deal with that. Mm. Uh, so there, there's all there's always this, there was a strong culture of self-policing that is ingrained in it mm. and holding us, or at least holding each other to a certain level. And this is why it's such a difficult thing for other people to grasp. Um, the reason why when people throw tantrums and people behave, or at least articulate or communicate um, this culture of initiation in whatever manner they feel about it. Mm. Because there's still pockets of idealists um, that still perceive it in such a manner. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it's also a dying culture. Mm. Uh, dying in a sense of not that people are going to stop getting initiated, but it's stronghold um, amongst the psyche of men mm. is dying. Mm. 
yeah, yeah, that's that's it. So, so yeah. Um you because you went into it having intended to go into it specifically at that point with a social circle that valued the experience in the context in which it occurs as well as the extended experience of having come from there and coming back and reintegrating into the society with I guess a newly defined or discovered or newly uh, given title or stature or whatever so someone who's that integrated and who's had the opportunity to live it emakai you know what has like the extended understanding of manhood from those lessons into the everyday life been have you are the things that you thought you understood that have since been disproven are the things that you didn't really understand that have become clearer through time that uh, you know emanated from that experience and you know i also just want to get into like specific people like instances dad grandfather osaluga so, so and the likes fortunately for me i'm for lack of a better descriptive word i'm also a deep thinker like i i in a not in a philosophical way but i i generally spend a lot of time and particularly in the past 3 4 years because i spent almost 3 years unemployed and i was always checked out at home so i i've had a lot of time to really reevaluate those things but even before then um it's certain things um were ringing bells in my mind and i was trying to figure out where they're coming from mm. i mean much earlier on in my life usihle um when he was doing the f is for father documentary yeah. which was really talking to this is yeah, yeah um talking to his peers um about fatherhood and how they were raised and the roles of 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 the father figures in their lives um it's a strange thing and i was telling him because i helped him um kind of organize and coordinate that whole thing um not until i got to varsity I was never exposed to people that grew up with single parents until I got to varsity. Mm. In fact, the yeah, probably second third year in varsity. When did I meet Urasel? Yeah, second year into varsity. Before then, everyone I knew was had a at least from my assumption had a, a father figure and a mother figure. Mm. Those who didn't have direct fathers were raised in households with uncles that they were responsible to, yeah. grandfathers. The the idea of father figure was, I thought was a no-brainer to me. I thought everyone had a father figure. Like mm. they grew up in a household where they had to report to a male mm. uh, component on it. So not until I got to Durban for varsity where I met a shitload of people who didn't have fathers. Mm. In fact, most of my varsity friends did not have fathers. Mm. They were all raised by their mothers and it and there was a stark difference in how that we perceive life. Um so what is, do, can you like maybe speak a bit to that that difference? Um so a lot of us had kids more or less at the same time. The the the, the Isbong, for instance, the surname thing, Klaulelumdwan and so on, was a much bigger deal to them. But 
also just our general conversations they 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 always seemed to feel like there's a gap that needs to be filled and it's their responsibility to fill it mm, because mm. they I have been fortunate enough to work and, and a lot of them also came from not so comfortable backgrounds mm. uh so the idea of stepping up was really big to them mm. for me till today like <laughs> like yeah nigga, whatever, what will happen will happen what yeah, you what, if it needs to be done i'm gonna do it cuz i can but i don't go to i don't go sleeping like one of the things that i don't know if you've ever thought about it we've never experienced this concept of black tax mm. we've been exposed to expectations of being responsible towards the family structure in a sense of if someone passes away you must be mm. there to assist in whatever way or form if it's financially mm. definitely but physically you have to be there mm. if someone is in hospital and you close by just like Ulkanyu is in hospital now mm. the family's expectation back in east see that because we are also in Johannesburg is to go there and represent mm. our family so that's the only mm. that's the only expectations we've had we've never had been given the expectation of melewaki mm. um finally guvusumzi because the house is in a bad shape like mm. our parents are, are fine i don't even want to say okay they they've always been able mm. to upkeep and handle their own so my friends on the other hand didn't have this pleasure mm. so if all my friends including myself all had to get a million rands i'd blow it on myself <laughs> they would have to take care of family stuff yeah. right so that thinking is really what stood out I mean the conversation of even looking into fatherhood is really a strange thing to me because that's never been something I had to think about mm. right <laughs> like I've always, always had a father and yeah. I was I always had a father whether it was my dad or his brothers or my uncles uh his sister's husbands mm. or there's always been a father figure Mm. who is a father in any way or form if i'm broke i'm calling them mm. if i'm stranded that amling man would give you his copy like if you had to call that like yo be i'm in durban i'm doing 1 2 and 3 i need a car he'd definitely give you his car mm. because he feels at least how they were raised in their generation amongst them as a fa- as a family unit um there was a very strong interdependency mm. um which they then feel is something to impart moving forward so that's that's really the first thing that became very apparent to me mm. um the second thing was also this thing that you are just raising now tomalbong malzole ne sorry i've never i've never had to evaluate whether i am a man am i being a man the right way mm. um am i doing things right mm. because there's always been men they've always been in very different spectrums of manliness yeah. right uh there's been obscenely authoritative and some very submissive there's been very affluent flamboyant rich very less fortunate and almost poor there's been 
So for instance, if you if I you probably have never thought about this. Itaima is how old? Itaima is 55. at least is probably 20 years younger than all his sisters. Mm. 18, 20 years younger than all his sisters. Mm. So when he had his first kid in Sikastan at eight, his sisters were in their 30s. Mm. So I thought about this. Yeah, I know you've never thought about this. So his relationship dynamic with this, and this is why he was almost subservient to them, because they are really fucking older than him. Mm. They are really older than him. Mm. Um, so they weren't really even sisters. They took him to school. When he was mm. going to school, they were working. Mm. When he was in high school, I shall not Um, so his relationship with his sisters is 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 of much more subservient level, whereas Ngo's dad, right? The sisters, he's always been independent. Mm. So he could talk to them on as a, as an equal level. So I've seen all these dynamics and I understand them. Uh and also we've had really older brothers. And we're also fortunate because we come from a collectively a very big family. Big family, but and also comfortable. Mm, mm. Which is a weird convers- com- combination to be mm. well off and so get along. Least, bro, listen, we're <laughs> from I, I keep I keep telling niggas in the city, I'm like, yeah, our niggas with all this cool shit, right? But societally, all this shit is fucked up. City life is not for the black person. City life is not conducive to the in type of environment that builds families that are that big, well extended, and that super close, right? Like I don't need to to for my brother to be my close friend and best friend to feel like you know, have that connection at home. I've got cousins who my niggas, right? <laughs> I love my brother. My brother's always going to be my brother, but my niggas is my niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like close, 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 but just because it was that big, but it was that big in, a, in and it was still that close knit, you know? And it was never a struggle experience. Like I, I share your sentiments, bro. But, like but, I've never considered myself poor. But all that stuff is, is concerted effort. Mm. Two generations back, our family didn't have this. Mm. Like if I don't know if Udadomkulu told you about their background, they mm. didn't have this. This is the result of their intentionally, particularly Udadomkulu, the who passed away, mm. the youngest of the group. This was an intentional decision amongst them to make sure that a family unit is built because they didn't have it. Mm. They were born all out of wedlock. Mm. Um, and in that time, that was something to be shined upon as an understatement. Mm, severely this is, taboo. This is almost, yeah, this is almost, so almost a hundred years ago, which is quite, also quite a crazy thing. It was almost a hundred years ago, because the eldest that cool is, yeah, it should be around the nineties. Oh yes, yes, the, uh, the eldest brother. The eldest brother should be around the nineties. Yeah. So, if you're looking at that number, and then someone is born out of wedlock at that point in time, it's it's an insane thing. So they were highly ostracized, mm. um, and then Makulu makes the decision to move away from the family unit to almost protect them. So she got her own land, Mapeshe Gomful, to kind of raise them on their own. So this then changes um, the direction of, or at least their trajectory. Mm. Um, 
So firstly, um, so if you listen to a lot of people that knew Udadumkul, uh, the youngest one, when he still could walk, all of them have very vicious stories about him, mm. about how cruel he was. But all of that is a result of having to constantly fight and defend yourself against people. They didn't have a father to go to. Mm. Um, and most likely didn't have a strong enough relationship with the family that did exist because, you know, when when you when you live in a community that single-minded, the idea of the idea of someone within your family going against the collective thinking and you supporting them is is horrific mm. because then the so- whole society cuts the family off. So much rather cut the hand. Mm. Uh, so they were the hand that got cut. Mm. So they are kids that grew a whole body. Exactly. With clothes, <laughs> exactly. and jewelry, and exactly. a car. <laughs> and, 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 you'll, and you'll see this because this notion is going to be tested quite a lot because then we are the first generation to be born into it. Because mm. our parents were born into an empty house and built at least an empty plot of land and built a village. Mm. We are the first generation from Putsopurandila all the way down to be born into this village. Mm. So naturally, like everything, once it gets too big, branches branch off, you know? Mm. Um, So we're going to be the first generation that then has to go through this branching off. Mm. And how we handle it is is also going to be quite indicative in, in, in what we've been taught. But also realistically speaking, it just will become too much admin for our kids to remember all their siblings mm. or oh, their cousins, you know? Mm. It's going to be just too much of of admin because we are already a hefty number of people. Mm. And also we're quite heavily intertwined with like our aunts' families. Mm. So our cousins are intertwined to this family. I mean, Boy Boy's family alone is like 20 people plus. Mm. Um, of our generation. And that's just the the the, the nucleus that's family. That's the nucleus family. That's like, yeah. not, not his that's extended, that extended family. family. That's uh, just like that's in like the house. Yeah. That's like 20 people plus. So if we expect our kids to hold down the relationship, so what will happen is we'll just pull Upoipo and his family from that 20 people plus people. Just like Usis Hepu, Pool, Usis Roro and Nolul. Mm. Um, just, so whomever we gravitate towards, our kids will grow up knowing. Mm. Uh, and however we behave with them, we'll then our kids, our, their, our will kids kind of assimilate that relationship. Um, okay. So that's that's really the first. And I think to then move on to the conversation of manhood, I've also learned by looking. Mm. I've also not don't didn't really need to sit down and get told, told. certain things. Mm. You learn by just looking. And then someone one day randomly says, hey, you know, mm, and mm. they walk away and you left with this whole fucking sheep that you mm, got to kill. Mm. But because you've been looking for such a long time, you, know you kind of figure do. out where to step, right? Mm. Uh, so I think the same thing about, about manhood, you've just learned about looking and, 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 and observing how people behave towards someone because mm. sometimes small things such as how people respond to 
a male figure in your family. Mm. It's quite an interesting. How they respond to him in front of him, how they respond to him when he's not presence, around yeah. is, is very indicative of that person's uh, life story okay. and that person's weight in a situation, mm. right? Um, that's, that in itself is, is, is a great learning curve that, that you, you can pick up. Can I as just a, ask, as far as like... Um, the men in your life and how they relate and, and their relationship with the women in their lives. Right? Yeah. So, what has the family and your life experience taught you about like manhood relative to the female or the women in your lives? Because in my experience... You know, in as much as I understand the concepts of patriarchy and whatever and how they, they permeate, I come from a family of matriarchs, right? You think it, it was matriarch? I come from a family. My personal experience of my family has been a family of matriarchs in the sense that even when Utyadomkulu was alive, even though his word was perhaps final, I knew enough about my relationship with my mom and dad to realize that very few of the things that dad said was just, you know, spontaneously combusted from his brain <laughs> and he said, right? No, yeah. So understanding just the, the weight of mom's perspective, views and whatever, in whatever he said. And two, outside of Daromkulu having Makulu to bounce off ideas and like understanding Makulu's strong personality, just like how many senior women existed in the family, right? Senior to most of outside of Umakulu, Darumkulu, of the other members of the family. So having that much weight. So even when Utaromkulu is consulting for general decisions, none of them would go without getting through at least the eldest of our aunts, if not all five of them. Yeah, so 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 that comes from the conscious decision that our grandparents made which was to build a family because they didn't have one, right? So it feels matriarchal because there was an extensive consultation culture so that everyone is on board all the time mm. and therefore the family nucleus doesn't break up. Uh, but what I then learned was beyond the titles is really just the responsibilities. Mm. That's really what the game of coexisting is about. Mm. Is you are given a certain role mm. and you perform it in context of. Mm. You are given a role, perform it in context of. And everyone then, then becomes this beautiful uh, song once everyone's playing mm. their instrument. Everybody's the got a role to play and they know what. So, so, yeah. so play your position. So I, as, Patriarchy was quite big in terms of who was the authoritative voice then. That's a different thing. But patriarchy was big. Mm, mm, mm. Um, there's, there's things that were always and seemingly seem to continue to always be given to you because you are the man. Mm. At least you are a male, mm. right? Um, just assumably. Mm. 
there's things that Usisipo will have to do regardless of how she challenges or feels needs to be challenged because she's a woman. Mm. Uh, so I, I feel there's a difference between that and like our family really worked towards coexisting more than existing. Mm. Like we had people moments where someone was like, they just want to live their lives. But the the bulk of my experience with them is really just seeing people trying to make sure that they stay together. Mm. Uh, if we can imagine if you can imagine when we were at that Beyonce thingy, mm, what's mm, that thing? Mm. What was that thing? Concert uh, called? Global Citizen Concert. Global Citizen Concert. Mm. The concert is done. Mm. The strategy is to get to a bus and go home. Mm. But we are seeing this chaos around us. So what we do is we come too close to each other. And then the decision gets made to say, listen, no one the is tallest guys must be Mm. The tallest people must be in the outside mm. and young kids must come in and we just gather and hold on to each other. The decision of who is in the outskirts and who's inside is really just made from physical proportion. Mm. Now, whether it's just men who are physically... Imposing, po- yeah. No, yeah. It's really not a decision that everyone here was like, the features that this kid will have is these. The features mm. that this kid is these. Um, so you'll find that someone is going to say, we need to have a family meeting, right? They are making a decision on behalf of everyone. We are meeting Thursday. That person is our aunt or that person is mom or that person is. That decision-making, the, the, at least the freedom to make the decision was always, has always been given to everyone. Mm. You can call a family meeting. Mm. You may be the youngest, but you may call the family meeting. You have the right to say there's something that needs to be discussed and everyone is expected to respect you and come to the family meeting, Mm. right? But when we get to the family meeting, we'll then again share responsibilities Mm. based on how we had initially agreed upon them. Just like how if you go to any of them, sobs will do the killing of the cow. That's really a, a a role and responsibility that people saw in him and encouraged and he's recently, you know. Then there's people who will be given the responsibility of running around and making sure that things that need to be put. Always moving around, but it's always contributing. You'll never notice because his contribution is not necessarily in monetarily value or in physical picking up. It's just a matter of what needs to be done, I'll handle it. If mm. someone needs to be taken to the airport, I'll take him to the airport. Mm. Just quietly filling those gaps mm. of making sure that this machine works. Mm. Right? I think I'm, I, 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 I've been finding myself more and more falling into that space. But, sometimes it's, a, but sometimes it's a decision. Sometimes yeah. it's also a decision. What, what I, I, I'm very mindful of, though, is that so this then goes back to the whole initiation thing. I've never really been about the initiation thing. I always thought yeah. what really made me, that drew me into it was that I have this belief of you don't have to do everything, but try and know as much as you can. Mm. So 
I'm not about spending every December there. Mm. But I need to have context and understanding of it because in another part of the world, which I'm not planning for, that might be a matter. Mm. I might... And see, Olandi is Olandi le Pepula's older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, works in I think Limpopo, Polokwane, somewhere mm. there. And then he gets there and works for a government entity, and this is a senior what what. Um, you get there and you need to address Abandon Parat. But because you grew up in a space where you went to a private school setting. You just don't know the decorum of addressing people abadala within a rural context. Mm. Uh, you become a senior person, and then you bump into a king. Mm. You are there representing a whole company, yeah, and they are trying yeah. to broker a deal that is in the billions of levels of rent. Whether the king's got land that needs to be mined and so on, mm. your inability to conduct yourself in the context of that place is going to deter you, at least is going to influence negatively mm. the outcomes of that thing. So I've, my thing about the whole initiation thing was I've always seen that it's an important thing. There's nuanced thing that you see people do, even people who don't adhere to it, mm. right? There's, there's, there's things that you see them do that I now understand that they come from there. Mm. But them having to do it is because it's part, it's a decorum that's entrenched in people. Mm. It's like how even people who don't believe, even traditional culturists yeah. who don't believe in Christianity at all, understand that if Usem Mwabeni at some point, Uzosolo, and we're going to sing a church song and they're going to get into the vibe, and at some point, and they know how to behave to not disturb that energy mm, mm, and stand mm. out. So I've always felt like, try understand. Because mm. you don't understand, because you don't know how far you're planning for your life. Mm. So my thing was to try understand that shit so that I can. Mm. But also, and I really do pity people who don't grow up in but no, Malbong, Malzole. Why do I keep calling Malbong? Because his brother's uh, Malbong. Shout out to Mali B and Mali Z. Uh, when Malzole talks about how he didn't play sports for a very long time and he could have, to some degree, I feel the effects of how overbearing and protective my mother was. Because unlike you, who lived from a younger age away mm. from home, I left home a bit older. Interacting with people was quite restricted and overseen. I don't know for what reasons, mm. but she was always just there, not about doing this, that, and that. And I've seen that shit has saved me from a couple of big events like Wapet at Mema Vulela's shop. Yeah. He got stabbed two hours after I left. The only reason I left was because I had a curfew that Umama was just serious about. Mm. You know? Um, who's the other kid? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His passing also happened. 
after I left because I was trying to keep a curfew. So there's things that, I, but I also understood, like, I remember Seabon wanted to play baller and dad was just not about it. Mm. And Wasala in things that his peers at that time and space were doing, you had peers that you could coexist and grow with. Mm. This is why you have friends that you've had since high school. Mm. I, on the other hand, have always been bouncing between worlds. So I've never had a stable space. Mm. And I and you and you and you feel this a little at least I feel it a little bit when I'm in spaces that I'm always the person who doesn't have the long history with people. Mm. Whether I'm home, because when I was home and people were going to school, I was in boarding school. Mm. When I'm in Durban, I met people and they had already had history with each other. I came mm. to Joburg. Many people already had. I was. I'm, I've been constantly moving, so I mm. haven't had the time to kind of sink my roots and grow with a group of people. I have a view on that. I think I don't really. Th- I think that's really a a byproduct of coming from a place where, if, even though the the context of the family was great, the society around it just wasn't conducive to like your life being to the level that your family life is as an individual. Hey. So you had, we had to go out of the province to find better education. At least that was my understanding. Uh, my understanding. No, uh, it was just a status thing. We didn't have to leave. It was a status thing. The only reason me and you went was because my grandmother insisted that we go mm. uh, because over Tiso went there and she was like, she doesn't want there to be a riff amongst um, us because we've been raised totally different. So they need, they just... Is that a status thing or is that like, a, again, like a, but, uh, what you say, the, decision the togetherness? To take, the decision to take the first batch to private institutions was a status thing. So ultimately, everyone has had to level up to that status mm. so that the collective mm. lives. Okay. So the reasons for it are different from what I uh, perceived or understood. Yeah. But again, you had to move from a home to a boarding school state. And a boarding school state by its nature is not permanent. So you know going into boarding school that this is only for a short while. Do you know right? what the strange thing about boarding school is? Mm-hmm. Boarding school was my first exposure to the community my family exists in. I met a lot of people from back home there. Mm. Actually, we're slightly older. Uh, I met people, Bawango Dwana there. I met Zindela there. Mm. I met Tokoto uh, there. I met, um, I met a lot of people who lived around mm. the greater Pizana that our parents knew each other. Mm. But I just have never been exposed because mm. we were kept in that nucleus. A boarding school, I think that's the only thing that really came off from boarding school. I was introduced to the greater, and I think that's where the curiosity of interacting with everyone else came to be. Mm. Because it then dawned on me that, okay, this whole elitist thing that has been pushed by my family, here we are in this private school, and at least expensive school, multiracial school, and there's people here from the same area as me who are just living a much more socially integrated life. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm a, 
fucks with it. Mm. And then that's when I really went back home and tried to make friends. Before, mm. Because before then, I really... The only Bro. people I associated myself with were the niggas close by or were people close and, uh, by. Family, but even them was because our parents were friends. Mm. We, we at least, in, in fact, we're in the same social stand mm. level. If you really are to analyze it, I didn't have that experience in boarding school. Like I didn't know no one in boarding school. I didn't know one who know anyone who knew anyone that I knew in boarding school. Um, except for the motherfuckers who maybe knew you because like they were with you in primary school before I joined, I got to IPS. And by the time I got there, you were in high school. Um, so for me, boarding school was a very different experience. It was like being alone on an island. Even though the high school was technically just up the road, but it was just like being alone in an island with people you don't know and just having to adapt. You know, you get to, I remember when I first got there, First night, I think it was, niggas took all the new boys, went to the the Dom one, which was for the, the first graders, and then Gwachak Tachi bitch. So niggas stand in a circle, and they're like, everybody's got their hands to the side, and you're supposed to hit the nigga's hand next to you, and then he's supposed to hit the other nigga, but then somebody's in on it to like, you know, do something to you that's going to piss you off and get into a fight, <laughs> Right? And before I left home, dad had said one thing. He's like, yo, just don't you dare have these people call me and make me have to make the journey from Epizana to Ekopo because you get into some shit and you're in fights. Needless to say, no one was called, but the fight was there on the first day. Uh, I think it was me and a, a colored dude from uh, Coxteer to oh, Curtis Fortain. I remember Curtis. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like my introduction to it. Like most people were Zulu speaking. I met like a few people who spoke his Kosa. Like Do you know Olisa. that when I got there, Kosa was such a popular thing. Even among Zulu people. They liked Kosa phrases or... Like, I got there and Kosa was the hype. And the thing is, I never really thought about it until I went there, what language I speak. Mm. I never had to deal with the complexity of what is in Bondo um, in comparison to the Kosa mm. uh, narrative. Uh, and so again, you bounced against four. Yeah. So I, for me, it's same or similar steps, but different experience. Boarding school oh, for so me. Also, the first day I got there, me and moms, no, me and moms, no, Makulu, got there literally the same time as the Somzana family. Mm. And everybody knew one another. Oh, Makulu, because he had worked at El Siksigi, new members of the Somzana family, and everyone was like, mm. so then the assumption was, even though that didn't really happen. But when we entered Sangena Sonke, and the Somzana kids were vicious, uh, they, they, were, they were always steady with their hands. Mm. So, and I think through that, I also never got bullied. I've always gotten close to a bullying circumstance, but I've just always known someone yeah, who nigga. just who was like, the fuck are you doing with him? Like, mm. like I promise you, everywhere I was, I remember instances where had there never been an intervention, I might have been a victim of bullying. Mm. 
Mm. Like people had just pushed enough. And I was like, had someone walked in and said, Ixi, you can always. And it just always be random motherfuckers that I never knew, even knew my name mm. all the time. High school, this shit happened a lot. But high school also was easy for me because when I got there, Kolisa, who was two years older than two grades above me, was dating Viewer. Mm. Viewer was a grade above me. And Viewer had a little gang. So Viewer was a pizana. Mm. And had a gang, you know, all flex stuff, six sigma, cockstead, like he had a crew. Mm. So no one would fuck with me because he was my sister's boyfriend. Mm. But also, two grades above him, was standard nine, was Uluvongodwana. Mm. Now, I had made the mistake of assuming Godwana was my cousin because mm. and there I wasn't. But anyway, we were cool. And then there was a homie who was in Standard 8, Nukolisa, had the biggest crush with uh, on Nukolisa, called though. I forget his mm, name. Mm, mm. Um, he, so that Sotuele, who's our grandfather's half-brother, mm. his grandfather is Sotuele's cousin. So Bazalwa, Otata, Bazalwa, some long, complicated, but it's related to the Sotuele next door to mm. ours. So I had older niggas. And these older niggas, Ungotwana was a 100-meter sprinter, was a wing for his seconds, the first team. Um, popular nigga, dated fine, surely, who used to work for Unilever. Um, was one of those guys who was kind of in the older people crew in his grade. Ukogoto mm. had the junior, the he was a senior amongst the juniors, mm. had the crew that had shit on lock. At that point in time, played rugby for the under 15, 18. So I had older, you could call them older Gs, mm. uh, who just, situations always got handled. Mm, just, mm, I just mm. never had to get to a point where... Bro, I've had to finesse my way out of life. Oh, <laughs> you I've don't never, understand. So, I, I've never had that benefit, bro. I've literally always had to be able to either fight for yourself or finesse your way out of a situation. And I realized very early, I don't want to fight every situation. So, like, to finesse your way out of a problem, ability had to be developed very quickly. You had to be able to like see bullshit from a distance, prepare yourself for the for the sidestep. When the bullshit gets there, you sidestep it and you keep it moving. You don't get into it because you know yeah, it's going to yeah, turn into... Yeah. And I, I always felt like alone in those spaces. Like I had friends, but like it always felt like these niggas known each other longer than I knew them kind of situation. Like you how know what you the say. crazy thing is... Um, now that I come to think of it, I've been a bit more fortunate because also I come from a family that knows how to delegate responsibilities. Mm. I've always had a good fortune of being able to meet people, connect and delegate a responsibility to them. Like I meet you, I find even ground and based of that even ground, I give you a responsibility. In relation to you. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's why also I've just never had issues with people having issues with me. Mm. 
Like I'd meet me. I don't know how I met Ayan. Newlands West. In Kabel. In Kabel. Yeah. I don't know how I met Ayan. I just knew Ayan. Mm. But Ayan was my muscle. Mm. Shout out to 50. I never got into situations <laughs> because he was just a hothead. And and the thing is, and that's the thing about my finesse. Like, there's just situations you don't have to get into. Mm. Like niggas knew that motherfucker was a hothead. So I just used the notoriety of his hot-headedness to kind of finesse my situation out of things. Mm. Only one or two situations where there were engagements and I was like, you can't avoid that shit. But generally, ah, I've never had that issue. Mm. And I think, again, this whole conversation, I was just trying to be bringing points on, I've always had male figures. Mm. They've never always been direct family members, mm. but I've always just found if, and this is why you meet friends mm. and you are wholly uh, dedicated to a collective ideology, right? So once Du gets married or Spume. Uh, Spume gets married, two niggas down, two niggas left. I don't know. I that thing gonna... is the commitment to a collective ideology. Mm. That's what the niggas, yeah, you're right. Because, like, even like the conversations when I go back home, right? Like, before my boys had met my girlfriend, they're like, boy, and then Tina, it's all in collective ideologies. And I think. I understand where it's coming from, the idea of having a father to talk to. And, and generally, fathers are the worst people to This have is what I'm hearts. trying to get to, right? So, for instance... is Please, like, you, okay. I hope what you're saying is going to speak to that statement right there because <laughs> that's what I was trying to get to, to say, like, the father-son relationship is it's often the most complicated yeah, it's generally, male relationship you're going to have. So It's, it's generally bad, um, mm. So, for instance, the person who really, when I got fixed pregnant and we had a, we were about to have a kid, the person who really got me to understand the complexity and just the psyche of getting to build a family was someone whom most people would consider the worst people to give family starting advice. That mm. I, Usobs, greatest role model was our father. Mm. He was raised into manhood by our father. Mm. But we don't know our dad like that. Mm -mm. So there's there's always, it's rare, it's very rare. And when it does happen, it happens when you are much older and both much more mature mm. to kind of be able to see each other's flaws and accept them and work through them, over mm. them. But generally, you learn a lot of things through other male partisans mm. in the in the larger community, and I don't think we give enough value. Yeah, and but but I understand why kids feel so betrayed by not having relationships with their father figures. Um, but it's it's a hard thing to explain until you get it in context mm. that actually those people only expose you. So so. You will expose your kids mm. to people you trust. And it is actually somewhere amongst those people you trust that your kids will get the most life advice from. 
So it then becomes your responsibility to identify and kind of, and this is why Uta when she was telling us about Lukanyo, which I feel horrible for not following up on, about his school grades and him acting out, mm. that's because she understands it's a conversation I can't have with him. Mm. His dad can't have with him. So we need to find a neutral figure mm. to kind of draw out the conversation and the emotions and also set certain things into perspective because when you are thinking them on their own, they can be quite mm. disproportionate. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the 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 father figure thing is 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 a, is a very complex one. I do think exposure to men is important, mm. or at least males in any age group and variation. Much older, closer to your age, same age as you. I think there needs to be a variant in, the, mm. in your exposure to mm. the men that you're exposed to, mm. so that you understand. So, for instance, my, my 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 perspective with alcohol, I generally go with I don't drink alcohol mm. because I didn't drink alcohol till I was very old. Mm. My introduction to alcohol was with people that were hitting the maturing phase. Mm. They then became social drinkers. There were people who would come and would have a glass, a shot of whiskey. Mm. And we'd eat. Mm. And they say, we'll come back and do that ball again next week. Mm. And then I was like, this is very different from what I always see. Mm. So mm. generally, I don't want to get into that conversation of, ah. so I generally go, I don't drink to cancel that conversation. And in fact, I don't drink. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know, mm. it's it's not something that when I walk into a place, I'm going, ah, what drink? I never wake up and feel like I feel like it, like drinking. Mm. It's always things that safety, safe situation that I'm kind of like, okay, I can have a glass here and feel the buzz with sugar and I. Mm. But because people, generally people that I know and folks don't know how to handle alcohol in that manner, mm. I then don't want to engage them in that manner. But I wouldn't have learned that had I not met people. Some people, a lot of people want to learn through trial and error. Mm. I've learned a lot of things from just talking to people who've been through the trial and the error. Mm. And they go, that shit's not worth it. Mm. Mm. And I go, ah, look at him. And they go, okay, give him six months. Let's chat about it. And six months later, you see her, mm. you know? When you started working and the only thing you want to do is just bend your toe and someone goes, yo, listen, try this shit for two months, but don't do it longer than two months. Go, ah, but that's when you're getting into the groove of mm. it. And they're like, that's when it becomes difficult. And then you see people who got into the groove of it and mm. got lost and drowned really deep. And you go, okay, maybe that's the reason why. So you 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 start finding people you can trust we're going to say, you don't have to do that shit. Mm. Or we're going to say, are you seeing that thing coming? You know? And those people are not always your dad. Mm. They're just people who give a fuck about you. Mm. And some people who give a fuck about you are sometimes your friends, which also then goes back to my initial definition of what a man is, which is about making a decision and seeing it through the consequences of it. Mm. And... If you find someone who's making decisions 
or handling the consequences of their decisions in a way that you find admirable, I would say stick with that person mm. and learn from them as much as you can. Uh, because there's honestly not enough time in the world for you to make all these mistakes. Mm. I was having dinner with the Khabias a month ago and I was telling them about this year alone, about how much anxiety I experienced having to start working after not working for three years and how I felt the world was coming to an end. Da, da, da. And they're like, welcome to your 30s. <laughs> I was like, what you mean? They're like, yo, your 30s are great but horrible at the same time because you go through a serious life transition. But also, for most people, things that you thought would be sorted out now aren't sorted out. Mm. And you are panicking because you don't have the 30s to build up to anymore. You are mm. in your 30s. And they're like, these anxieties are not going to stop. Uh, the self-doubt is not going to stop. You just need to figure out a way to work through it and cancel yourself at least. Find an outlet. And you know, that shit is reassuring because you a lot of times you feel like you're on your own through shit. Like, and like you're the only one who's experiencing it in that particular way or to that level of severity or whatever. Definitely. Mm. You know, and the last time you guys were recording here, I had a convo with Uluni outside. And and you realize that, you know, man, very small conversations or at least very brief conversations can alter your life completely because... I, when he left, I was actually thinking about what I said to him because it was really a sporadic conversation about um, him having chosen this music thing and having so many cousins, parents uh, send their kids to him. But that is a vote of confidence. They're like, okay, we don't know what this is, but we are seeing that you are doing it in a manner we can respect. Mm. So please guide these ones. Mm. What that then means is it's important for him to notice and acknowledge that, mm. which he wasn't. And I was like, you need to notice and acknowledge that and then understand what it means to your life mm. and the next step for you. <clears throat> because yeah. when these kids come here, you then, as much as you must embrace them on behalf to assist them progress, there's things you must also be able to develop the kind of relationship to talk them out of. Mm. Like, why are they here, firstly? Mm. Are they here because they don't want to be there or are they here because they want to be here? Mm. So, but for, he needed to have that conversation, to be aware of it. So that he could, so, so all these conversations, that thinking, or at least that aha moment could be about something completely different with someone else. But the male older father figure, male figure, doesn't necessarily have to be your father. Mm. Yeah. Now that you've mentioned it, like, like a lot feels a lot different because when I think back, I've never not had a male figure in my life. Yeah. From home, dad, and everybody at home, from big brothers to grandfathers and dollars. To boarding school, there was like Mr. Oaks was there, but most importantly, Mr. Stewart. And Mr. Stewart was very hands-on as like... Mr. Uh, Stewart was a short color guy, no? 
No, no, he, that was Mr. Oaks. Tritia was Mr. Oaks, a short guy. Mr. Stewart was a I taller I met him one. in a book launch with his wife once. Which, which one? And, uh, Mr. Oaks, Mr. Yeah. Oaks, and he didn't remember me. Yeah, yeah, we were way too young. He ain't gonna remember. He should have remembered the Zumba, but that's not that No, here, I got there. there in his first year when yeah. and then I left. So. Oh. So Mr. Stewart was there. His son, Keenan, was like younger than us, like significantly younger yeah. than we were. And then there was the one who was, but he was bike. Yeah. He was a cyclist. I don't know what he is now. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Mr. Nero, who was in school but didn't well, didn't live in boarding school. Marathon. Yeah, that's uh, Mr. Nero. Yeah. His mom was a teacher in, in primary school, but they were, didn't live in, in in boarding school. But in boarding school, physically living with us, Mr. Stewart was there. At some point, I don't think he was there at the beginning, but for a long period of time. And he lived on uh, at the boarding house. His yeah. kid lived with us. So, like, we'd swim. Yeah. He'd talk to you. He was your soccer coach. So you had this male figure that was constantly around you. Then there was um, moving to Durban, Newlands, getting to Newlands and having a lot more people your age and just slightly older than you, like old, like your big brother's age and whatever, and slightly younger than you, and having your uncle, you know, living with Ombi, who was also like a very, 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 uh, what's the word? Uh, his presence was very visible. He didn't need to say anything for you to acknowledge his presence and like act in accordance type of situation. Then moving to boarding school, I mean, to, to, to varsity and being in an all-male boarding house and getting to, like, I guess, uh, assess your peers in relation to your personal experience. And, like, then it's no longer just about, like, learning from someone who's older and got more experience, but there, like, I feel more comfortable challenging your views, right? And then learning from your response to my challenges type of situation, you know? Um, so, yeah, bro. I feel like, but at the same time, I won't lie that through all of that, the most um, con- like visibly consistent influences in my life, and, and I say visibly consistent in the sense that like I've always known like what the what their intentions in relation to me was and like what the outcome of it has always been women right whether it's mom who always spoke yeah, frank always been better communicators yes I, I accept yeah i think that's the, the better way to put it so I and i think that and i and i and 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 so much so that i'm also willing to admit that that's one fault I'm hoping to rectify mm. is to communicate a bit better. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you that the, 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 the women in our lives were much more present. Their intentions were much more clear, clearer. That's really because they spoke to us a bit more. Mm. Uh they passed on the messages, in fact, sometimes. Mm, uh, sometimes most of the time. Yeah, and sometimes they made up messages on behalf of. Mm. Um, and that's something we could rectify, which is why I'm like, I, I generally do sympathize sometimes with people who, say, who who can't get over the betrayal of not having been raised by their father or the fact that their pop, pops or parental mm. figure passed away by mm. Uh I can imagine 
And maybe I, I can imagine how daunting. I have a friend of mine whose mom passed away when she was really young. And she can't work through it. Like she just can't work through it. Because the what ifs of her lives are just endless. The what ifs in a good manner or in a bad manner. Mm. They're just constantly there and and I, I I can I can I can sympathize with it. I can I see it and to a large degree I understand it. Um but when we come back to the conversation of male figures, I I would say people also just need to utilize, not just need it's it would it's an it's an advisable thing to utilize your greater community a bit more. Mm. Uh whether it's work wise. Mm. Listen, work is an interesting place. You find a lot of anchors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the workspace. I mean it's hard for those to become anchors. Like I've, I've never found, found like an easy. anchor I've found in the it. work. I've found, I found friendships. Do you, know, do, you, do you know why I found that became anchors that spawned from the the work you know relationship? What I found what I've, why why I think work um, is 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 such an interesting place to find anchors is because due to the fact that we are all professionals, our fi- first interactions is on equal grounds. So the jokes we make, we make under the assumption that we are both adults. Mm. The conversations that we make, we make under the assumption that we are both adults, regardless of how old the person or how young the person you are talking to is. Mm. So it's so much easier to find yourself having a conversation about manhood with a man who's got three kids, two older than you. Mm. You know? And that person is also mature enough to see when someone just needs to be spoken to mm. as an act of guidance. I I found people who shared my interest in just analyzing things mm. and understanding the world at work. And all of that happened because that barrier of hierarchy, this is yeah, this is the one thing that maybe whiteness or westernization has really helped in is that easier access to people in different levels in lives. Who you aren't um, necessarily yeah, related to. Traditionally, whatever, yeah. there was a hierarchy. If there was dad, there was uncles, then there was older the brothers, then there was you. people. Was like, so you could go to the older brothers and the older brothers would go to the people the most. Ultimately, the message will get to dad, you mm. know, one way or the other. Mm. Mm. But mm. generally, you going that the older you got, the harder it got for you to go directly to them. Mm. Um, but because work, we are all expected to behave professionally and that we are then equals. Mm. So I can at, say so at the cafeteria when you're chatting, uh-huh. you're chatting to a father of four who's about to retire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But right? In fact, the bab is really because you are uncomfortable. Mm. Everyone else refers to him as Usipo and he's fine with it. Mm. You know? Mm. And when you're talking about girls, Sipo hasn't probably hasn't tasted girls in years Mm. because he's been married that long, right? Mm. Um, Or maybe he's having a midlife crisis and Mm. you see Usipo 
in his 40s wearing Gucci and mm. carrying sling bags, mm. you know? Mm. And when you talk to him and trying to figure shit out, like, yeah. yo, what's going on? Like, and this is why I, I, I then say, work is also a great place to find these people to kind of have conversations, give context. What's up? No, no, I just, okay, I know. I just, I just checked some. Yeah, so work is also a great place to just find these people to observe, have conversations and understand how and why things are being done or said. Mm. Uh, and you get to work and you ask about my the cleaning guy because he looks traditional, you know, mm. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and then a conversation spawns off that. You might have a burst tie. You might have a... You might be having a small talk about taxi drivers that leads to something much more greater. And once you see something, stick to it. Build it. And this is why I'm like, I've always found things. I find equal ground and I delegate a a responsibility for our relationship. Mm. I know who I go to for banter. Mm. I know who I'd go to if I had to get mugged in Johannesburg. And I need to call someone because you are not in Johannesburg. Mm. I know who I need to go to if I need muscle. Mm. Like, I find people, I delegate responsibilities. And my interactions is always between me and them based on that. Mm. Uh, so, so, so I think one of the things that you really need to do is, it's great to have friends and have collective goals. And, 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 and you all, your trajectory is more or less the same. You know, you enter career stream more or less at the same time. Mm. And you have similar aspirations when you're going to buy a car, what kind of cars you're buying, even though they may be different, but, you know, mm. same class, when are you getting your own properties? That's very important because marriage is also sustained by a community of like-minded people. Mm. So you getting married on your own is going to be very tricky because if everyone else doesn't mm. because mm. your social reference is, is them. So it's quite important to elevate more or less at the same time. Uh, but at the same time, you also need people ahead of you for these conversations to be had. Mm. So someone who's been divorced is a very important person to have a conversation with. Uh, so that when you are making the decision of marriage, you know that you've covered a lot of bases. Mm. Uh, but also, you you understand the dynamics of it. Mm. But at the same time, you need to start imparting. You need someone who's going to interrogate you. Mm. Not because they just... Ask you questions that you ask haven't you questions. asked. Exactly. Yeah. Because they are also trying to build an understanding. Mm. It allows you to refine your thinking about things. Mm. So this hierarchy is quite important. Who these people are, it's not always important. The reason why it's important is because uh, you might be wanting to continue your surname's culture. So there's things that are done, but there's things that are done in a certain way again. Mm. That's the reason why you might need a family member to handle things mm. because you want to continue this collective mm. uh, thinking. Mm. Uh Outside that, if you're just surviving and getting by, there's a lot of 
general information that exists in in the larger larger space. Shout out to you, OG. Sure thing. Um, we had uh, anticipated 30 minutes now, an hour and 30 minutes into great advice. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for this conversation because also like it's also contextualized a lot to me that perhaps I didn't understand because I hadn't had specific conversations with you who has a lot of like shared ex- lived experiences as I do. Um, I do agree with you with that definition of, I guess, manhood. And I think actually, I believe that's the definition of like personhood. Like that, I feel like that's how any and every human being, regardless of race, gender or whatever, should perceive, you know, the identity of I, the self. That should be the definition of self, right? The identity to make decisions and see them through regardless of the outcomes of them. And then in a world where we all understand that I make decisions, but, you know, things may come from them that I didn't perceive, you have more value to me, right? As someone who's got your own life and your own experiences and whatever, and I can appreciate that much more than I would in an instance where my understanding of personhood or manhood is limited to a cultural or family context, Right, so if you don't have that culture or family context, it would be that much easier for me to dismiss the worth of your insight, you know, because I feel like there's a, a bit of context that you don't have because you aren't of the same, you know, uh, cultural, cultural. Or historical, or, or family origins. Um, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, this has been a very dope conversation. Uh, Shout out to it. Sure thing, sure thing, sure thing.